and is also available online via Zoom. And each week's lesson stands on its own, so you can drop in any week and you won't be behind. If you want to sign up. <laughs> is that the way I said behind? No, because I started reading along with you. <laughs> and simply click the connect link on your screen or on the Facebook post. Or you can click request. That's a lot of. And simply click the connect link on your screen or if on the Facebook post. Or you can click the request. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's a, there's a lot of there, words, there really is. There, is. there really is. Simply click the connect link on your screen or in the Facebook post. Or you can click the request play. <laughs> <laughs> request <player. laughs> it's hard. It, it it's is. Hard. It is kind of like. Simply click the connect link on your screen or in the Facebook post. Or you can click the request prayer button in one of our servers. <laughs> <laughs> you laughed. Yeah, but really you, 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 you went <laughs> Simply click. Okay, I'll stop at after the Facebook after post. Facebook post. Yeah, or, let's try that. You can say, or you can click the request let's try. prayer. Okay. Simply click the connect link on your screen or in the Facebook post. Or you can click the prayer button. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Christ Community Church Online. Thanks for tuning in to service this weekend. I'm Greg. And I'm Ryan, and we'll be today's service hosts. And as you get going here, feel free to use the chat feature throughout this service. The chat feature is a great tool to connect and interact with other people watching the service with you right then and there. Even though we're your on-camera service hosts, we have some amazing people behind the scenes that are standing there ready to chat with you in the chat feed. Now, in just a few moments, we'll jump into worship, and then we're going to hear a great message from Pastor Daryl. But before we do, we have a few announcements for you. First and foremost, we're celebrating a few baptisms this weekend at our in-person services. These will be recorded so you can celebrate with us by viewing these next week on our website. And also, if it's time for you to make that public declaration by being baptized, we encourage you to get in touch with Sarah at styson at cccrochester.org. We have a discipleship class taught by our good friend, Larry Schmidt, that focuses on the Gospel of John. This is held every Sunday at 1010 a.m. in room 200 and is online via Zoom as well. And each week's lesson stands on its own, so you can drop in any week and you won't be behind. If you want to sign up, just go to the events page on our website and you'll find the link to register right there. You know, it's been a peculiar and strange year, hasn't it? Economic frustration, face masks, fires, hurricanes, job loss, social distancing, protests, and now an election. And all of that tra translates to frustration and stress. I came across an article this past week, and they said there's this phenomenon that's happening across Europe. And researchers from the World Health Organization uh, say that over half their population is experiencing what they call pandemic fatigue. One European doctor said this, people have made huge sacrifices and it has come at an extraordinary cost, which has exhausted all of us regardless of where we live or what we do. One American psychologist said this way, in the spring it was fear and a sense of we are all in it together. 
Things are different now. Fear has really been replaced with fatigue. So here's the deal. What we really need and what we really want is peace. A couple of weeks ago, Daryl shared a verse out of 1 Peter. It says this, May God's delightful grace and peace cascade over you many times over. Psalm 23, one that you're, a psalm that you're very familiar with, says this in verse 6, So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. That's a good word, Greg. Thank you so much for sharing that. And at this time, if you're, if you're able to, we invite you to stand to your feet, put your hands together, and let's worship King Jesus together.
And you know, for those of us who grew up in the church, we know the phrase, God is good all the time. And all the time, and you fill it in with, God is good. But sometimes we forget what God's goodness really is, and we think it's things that he gives us that are tangible, that we can see and feel and know. But God's goodness is more about his generosity, and not only his generosity, but his generosity in his attitude towards us. He doesn't have to look on us the way he does. Scripture says countless times he loves us. And it tells us he sent his son for us. He has mercy when he looks at us, who time and time again, we sin, we fall short. But God doesn't change. God doesn't falter. He doesn't quit. He doesn't leave. He never lets go. And if that isn't goodness, I don't know what is. So as we continue our worship, I want you to think about how God's been good to you individually and how he's shown mercy towards you wherever you're at. And then we lift his name in that place. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days I've been held in your head. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness.
circumstance and every situation is different but wherever we are in that place God you are good and that is why we praise you it's because when you look on us even in our filth and our shame and our guilt God you see potential you see a plan and you see a purpose and through the death of your son you see us white as snow we thank you for the fact that you are so, so good all the time. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Hey, welcome to Christ Community Church Online. What an incredible time of worship that was. I'm Greg. And I'm Ryan. Thank you so much for tuning in. We value generosity here at Christ Community Church, and part of our DNA is sending and supporting missions around the world to live out our mission of restoring our broken world to the gospel of Jesus Christ. A couple of ways you can worship through giving is to text CCC Rochester to 77977 or simply click the Give link on your screen. And we are grateful for your generosity. Hey, if this is your first time joining us online, welcome. And we are thrilled to welcome you to our church. We invite you to take this moment to fill out our online connection card. It is a great way for us to help you get connected here at CCC. Simply click the connect link on your screen or in the Facebook post, or you can click the request prayer button and one of our service hosts will get you connected that way too. 
We are continuing to pray for each of you, and we would love to join with you today in lifting up your specific needs and praises. And if you would like prayer at any time during the service, simply click Request Prayer, and one of our hosts will be able to pray with you right then and there. There are many opportunities to receive prayer throughout the week as well. You can check out these in the prayer section of our website. Thanks again for tuning in to Christ Community Church Online. Now here's this week's message from Daryl. Grace under pressure. The measure of a man in storms and bad weather The ability to see clearly as a fire grows hotter, only to act as a faith purifier. And much like a diamond buried deep in the earth, it is the pressure that we face that reveals our faith's worth. So when your strength begins to fail you, there is grace for your need. He is waiting, open-handed, and His grace is free. Grace under pressure. Hi, Christ community. Um, I'm coming to you from Holden Household again this week. It's Thursday morning. Today is the last day of our quarantine. This is the day that we film for our online church. So um, we're fine. Maria and I are both fine. No symptoms, no sickness. We're very thankful for that. One of the crazy things about the quarantine for us has been, um, I can't remember what day it is during the week. A number of times I've been talking to my kids or somebody else and tell them about something that happened yesterday and I'll get off the phone and Marie will say that was three days ago and I just can't remember what day it is. Um, we put the trash out this morning. It's Thursday morning. Our trash goes out on Friday so it's uh, it's got 24 hours to sit there and we'll figure it all out and I'm free today so if I'll see you guys who are in-person people. I'll be at church in person uh, this weekend so looking forward to that. And we're talking this week from First Peter still, we're talking about how we can experience grace and peace in abundance. And I want to talk with you about experiencing grace in your marriage. I was reading this week in um, one of the headlines, divorce rates are up 34% in the United States during this season of COVID over the same time frame last year. I read how 31% of couples, another survey said 31% of couples have said uh, being in lockdown together has caused irreparable damage to their relationship. And, and hearing those kind of statistics, and, and more than that, I'm knowing people whose marriages are struggling during this season, it makes me sad because God has given us marriage as a gift and um, a blessing, and it's a place where where we can experience grace and peace and abundance, and so many people are missing out on that. And so I want to talk with you today from 1 Peter chapter 3, particularly about how we can experience um, grace and peace in our relationships. To do that, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about really two things. And the first thing that we're going to talk about is about a worldview or a life perspective, about um, a way the Bible holds out for us to live. It touches every area of our life, not just our marriages. And then after we talk about that worldview um, for a few minutes, I want to talk with you about how this gets applied and what the Bible has to say about how we can live with each other in our marriage relationships so that the result is grace and peace and abundance um, for us 
and for the people who are part of our circles of influence, our families and neighbors and community. And before I jump into all this, though, I want to say a couple things um, to you who are unmarried. The first thing is, if you've been in churches for very long, um, sometimes churches, maybe you've felt like the church didn't see you. The churches are good at seeing married people, but they're not good at seeing unmarried people. And I understand that. And we're going to talk about marriage today. And so I just wanted you to know that um, as a church, Christ Community Church, we see you, we value you, you're important to us. Um, the Bible's perspective on unmarried people, uh, one of the most influential Christians who ever lived was an unmarried guy. And he actually held out the idea that people should remain unmarried because of their effectiveness in ministry and for the sake of Jesus. And so I just want you to know we honor you, we value you, you're an important part of our church and you do not have to be married to have a place here and you certainly, neither God nor our church family looks at you like something's wrong or something's missing in your life because you're unmarried. And then for those of you who are divorced, I know that sitting through a message on marriage can be really painful for you. I think you should sit through this one. But I want to remind you as we jump into this, in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, the Bible says very clearly, there is no condemnation for people who are in Christ Jesus. And so if you're listening to me talk and starting to feel condemnation, that is not from me, that is not from your Heavenly Father, that's from your enemy, and He only has authority over you that you will give to Him. So I would say to you today, don't give him an inch. And as you listen to this message, um, let your Heavenly Father, who is good and who loves you, um, let him guide and shepherd and be a good, loving Father to you uh, as we talk about these things. And maybe some of them bring up some painful experiences and memories for you. So for all of us, whether you're married or unmarried, we have two paragraphs of Scripture to talk about today. And each paragraph starts with the same little phrase. Um, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Wives, in the same way. And then down in chapter verse 7, it says, Husbands, in the same way. And so it seems to me like a good place for us to start today is to understand what this little phrase, in the same way, means. And so to do that, we need to go all the way back to the middle of chapter 2, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, where Peter, who's writing this letter to his first audience, he says to them, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. So we need to notice that little phrase there that says foreigners and exiles. This, this letter was written, the first group of people who received and read this letter, um, they had been pushed away from their home, from their place, from all that was familiar to them. Uh, most of them because of their relationship with Jesus. They, they had been dispersed. And so they were physical exiles living as, as foreigners and strangers in a land. They were also spiritual exiles. These were Christian people, followers of Jesus, and they were living in a pagan culture. And so they were people who didn't fit in. They were people who had different values. They had different, um, different priorities. They had different expectations. They had different things that they were celebrating. They had a different definition of success. They didn't fit in in any way. 
And one important value that they held together in an important part of their definition of success was that the way that they would live would be honoring to God. And so just reading this verse and knowing this about these people, really to me, we're, giving, we're getting a heads up on two different things. The first thing is that what we're going to read today in the two paragraphs we have to read to husbands and wives, what we're going to read today is not normal in the world around us. Um, saying yes to these things means that we're probably not going to fit in. Um, we're going to be a little bit out of step with the culture that's around us. And then the second thing that we're going to read today, um, it takes into account the truth that there is this life and there is a next life. And what we believe and the way that we live in this life uh, makes a difference for us in the life that is to come. And so what we're about to read calls us to choose the way we live, thinking about more than just what's comfortable or easy for us in this life. It calls us to be thoughtful about what is, what is good and what is right and what is best, acknowledging that there is a God who loves us and has expectations of us and that there is a life that is to come. So keeping all of that in mind, um, here are the verses for this weekend. The first verses are written to wives. 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Wives, in the same way, remember our two little things, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see your purity in reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. So first, because some Christian people have gotten this wrong, this is about the husband-wife relationship. This is not about how men and women relate to each other in general. This is not about boyfriends and girlfriends. This is about a husband-wife relationship. This is written to wives within the context of their relationship with their husband. And the statement is that wives are to submit themselves to their own husbands. The first group of wives who would have read this, many of them were living in relationships where their husband was not a follower of Jesus. And so these words were written to these Christian wives and this is written to them as this is the strategy for leading, helping lead their husband to a life in relationship with Jesus. And it's, it talks about, it's not about how pretty you are or how stylish you can be. You know, from God's perspective, uh, the ladies are, they're relieved of that pressure. Our culture might put pressure on how you're supposed to look or how stylish you are. But from God's perspective, that's not an important thing. That's not... That's not the thing that causes your life to be pleasing to the Lord, and that's not persuasive to your husband, particularly in spiritual matters. And so we're written here, it talks about having a gentle and quiet spirit. There's this inner beauty that pleases the Lord and is persuasive to a husband who's not following after him. 
And it's this gentle and quiet spirit. And being submissive to his leadership is pleasing not only to the Lord, it's also persuasive to your husband. So, so let me define this word submit for us. Um, submission is about authority and leadership. So wives, bring yourself under the authority, under the leadership of your husband. And living under his leadership, it's not living under his thumb. It isn't being silent. It's not being a doormat. It's choosing to line up under his leadership. This is a choice that you're making. As a person created in the image of God, you're worthy of eternal value, dignity, and respect. And having authority concerning yourself. You have, you have say-so about you. And, and so this, that's all part of being created in God's image. And so this call to be submissive is a call for you to choose to bring who you are and who God has made you to be and to line up under the leadership and under the authority of your husband. And I love that Peter mentions these holy women of God. He talks about them in verse 5 and verse 6, that these are women who, who lived in submission to their husband. And he mentions Sarah in particular. Her life is recorded in Genesis chapter 12 through 23. So there's 11 or 12 chapters there, the scripture that she's mentioned, and she shows up frequently in there. And she was, she was not living under anybody's thumb. She was a strong woman. She was the matriarch of a family that was not just their little family, but that, that was influential in the region. She was, she was a strong woman. She was not perfect by any stretch, but she was a strong woman, and she lived under the authority and leadership of her husband, Abraham. So I was preparing for today. I was thinking about my friends, Erica and Jim. Um, they have an exemplary marriage. And um, Erica has a full-time job. She's the primary breadwinner. Uh, he works, Jim works part-time, and he does a lot of stay-at-home dad stuff. And they have figured out what this looks like for Erica to be who God has made her to be in the context of their relationship. I was thinking about my friends, Teresa and Steve. Um, they have their own business, and they've raised four beautiful daughters. And Steve has an entrepreneur entrepreneurial mind and Teresa runs the organization and I love being in their home because there's just this beautiful chaos that happens there and and I think about these families and Marie and I have friends who are you know be more traditional um, if there's if that means anything these days but what I really appreciate about this call to wives is to submit themselves to their own husbands and submission doesn't mean being muted or being forced to the sidelines and and living so out of step with your gifts and your talents and who God made you to be. Submission means the wife brings all of who she is, who God's made her to be, with all her strengths and with all her ability, with all her talents and with all her spiritual gifts. And she brings that under the leadership of her husband. And then together, they figure out how that looks in the context of their their everyday life. And so I want to just point out to you, and you remember our two things from in the same way. Um, this idea of submitting, of a wife bringing her, her authority, who she is under the authority and leadership of her husband. That is for sure out of step with our culture. 
And on the second piece, there is, there's a bigger eternal perspective here. And, and if you're wondering why wives are supposed to submit to their husbands, let me just at least give you a partial answer for that. So if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, God created Adam first. And he created Eve to be his helper. And if you chase that role of being a helper out through the scripture, it's a fun little study. We don't have time to do it today. But if you chase that role of helper through the scripture, it's not like Eve is Adam's little helper and she does all the little things so he can go off and do all the big important things. If you look at that idea of being a helper in the scriptures, a lot of times it's a military term. And it's about where where somebody comes to the aid of another person in battle and turns the tide of the battle so that they win. And God refers to himself as our helper in times of trouble. And so it's not, it's not this small little thing. It's actually this, it's this big, noble, challenging, worthy role that a wife can bring all of who she is to in line with the authority and leadership of her husband, you can bring all of who God made you to be. So there's this created order part of it. And then we see how that plays out in Genesis chapter 3 when when Adam and Eve sinned. So if you remember the story, what happened there, the serpent deceived Eve and she ate the fruit first and then she gave some to Adam. And so they sinned and then hid themselves. And when God comes on the scene, the first words that God speaks are to Adam. And remember, Eve is the one, like she, she had the conversation with the serpent. She was deceived. She ate the fruit first. But when God speaks into this scenario, he speaks first to Adam. And then he for sure speaks to Eve about her part and her role. And then God speaks again to Adam. And so the Lord begins and ends with Adam. And for the rest of Scripture, after Genesis chapter 3, the, the blame, the fault, the assignment for the first sin, all of that is assigned to Adam. It's, it belongs to him. And so there's this thing here. We're thinking eternally, wives, for you to know when Jesus returns. And it's time for him to... Review your family, your marriage. Um, He's going to call your husband first. He's going to speak to the husband first. And he's definitely going to speak to you. And there will be reward and blessing and grace and encouragement and all of that. But he's going to speak to your husband first. And he's going to speak to your husband last in all of this. And part of of what your husband is going to answer for is how he stewarded this role of being leader, this position of leadership that God had given to him. And so if he has abandoned that, or if he's using that for his own benefit or for his own good, if he's misusing that in some way, someday the Lord is going to make all of that all right. And so husbands... God, for his own reason, has given you, has given me as a husband, this position of leadership and authority in our homes, in our family, our marriage relationships. And if we have abandoned that or if we're using it for our own benefit or misusing that role in any way, God's going to call us to account for that. And so I think it's important for us to hear what God has to say to us as well. So let me read this next verse. This is 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Husbands... In the same way, 
Be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So there was a lot of verses, but really only one word that we focused on for the wives. Guys, husbands, I want to give you three words real quickly to to hold on to from this one verse for us. The first is to be considerate. Um, Live with your wife and be considerate as you live with your wife. And this starts with being thoughtful about her rights and her feelings. I mean, that's part of any relationship. But this is your wife. And so it goes so much deeper than that. This is about knowing her and living with her in a way that is for her benefit and her well-being. And so I'm just going to ask you, husbands, how well do you know your wife? Let me just give you some questions here. Do you know what she likes about herself? And do you know what she would change? Do you know her hopes, her dreams, her pet peeves, her fears? Do you know her goals, her strengths, her weaknesses, her spiritual gifts, her favorite things to do? And your wife is a person who matures and who changes over time. So with many of these questions... Her answers are going to change over time too. And so you have the privilege of knowing her and of being a safe person for her to reveal herself to. And as you get to know her, then the path to grace and peace, abundant grace and peace in your marriage relationship is is for you and for her to take all of that into account as you do life together of who she is being considerate. Of her. The second word for you is honor. Um, this verse actually says to treat her with respect as with the weaker partner. And that idea of the weaker partner, that causes a little sand in the gears sometimes. So let me give you an illustration that I think is helpful for me understanding this, honoring to Marie. Um, we, have, we have Home Depot buckets in our garage. And those hold whatever we need them to hold. Um, out there in our garage and sometimes I'll kick one out of the way or it'll get slid across the floor because we're busy doing some other things and we also have crystal vase in the buffet up in our in our kitchen and it sits on the table filled with flowers in the middle of the island and it's a decorative piece and and that vase is weaker than the bucket but it is not inferior and so it helps me to think about you know the crystal vase and the bucket and of the two containers, the, the crystal vase actually gets honored. And in the day in, day out, real life, busy world, it's really easy for me to treat Marie like she's a Home Depot bucket. But she's not. She's a vase that is to be honored and protected and esteemed. And this is just a reminder to us as husbands that just in the hurry and whatever of your life, your, your wife is not to be treated in a common way. She's to be honored. And in real life, your wife, like mine, Marie's not delicate. Um, she's not breakable. She's, she's been in harm's way for things that are important to Jesus. And there isn't much in our world that could break her, but I can And I think you need to know that as a husband. There may not be much that you could break that could break your wife, but you can break her. And you need to be careful with that. And instead of treating her like she's common, to honor her and to esteem her and to hold her in high regard, slow down and pay attention to her and honor her and be a blessing to her. So honor her. That's the second word. And then the third word is equal. 
Um, we're told here she is an heir with you of the precious grace gift of life. And, and so she is your equal. I'm going to give you a big word here for husbands and for wives, for all of us listening. This word is complementarianism. And really what that is, that's a view of, of the roles of husband and wife that God has created us as equal people and has given us different roles within the framework of our marriage that complement each other. And, and sometimes we can look at these different roles and begin to assign value of personhood, and that just that isn't the case, and that shouldn't happen. Um, there's, there's no superiority in the roles, and there's certainly not any superiority amongst people. And so this little phrase, I think, is here so that husbands don't somehow think that because they have been offered this leadership role within the context of the marriage that somehow they're superior um, to their wives. Um, we're all recipients of grace. We're all recipients. God has gifted to each one of us the gift of eternal life. And Marie receives eternal life from the Lord through Jesus, just like I do. The gift of life for Marie, eternal life for Marie, doesn't come through me. I'm not involved in that in any way. She has, she has the same kind of relationship with our Heavenly Father as I do. He's our Heavenly Father. We are each His children. And so we live in this we live in this equal role, as ch- equal position as children of God. And God doesn't prefer me over her, and He doesn't prefer her over me, just because we have roles that complement each other within the context of our marriage. And so the call in these two paragraphs, wives, be submissive to your husbands. Husbands, be considerate, honor, and see your wife as an equal. And I know... That what the Bible says to husbands and wives is out of step with what our culture says marriage relationships should look like. And I know there are people who would probably mock me and talk about how archaic these things are. But I also know something else. Uh, Marie and I have been married for 30 years. And um, the first couple of years, we were living out our own ideas about what marriage should look like. And um, that was tough. Our marriage was not a place of grace and peace. And about a year, a couple of years in, Marie began saying yes to God and to what he had said to her and this idea about a gentle and quiet spirit and without a word and praying for me. And she, she was about a year ahead of me saying yes to the Lord and his plan for our lives. And I really credit her yes to the Lord as being like that's the thing that God used to bring about my yes to him. And so really for 27 and a half years um, together, we've been saying yes to the Lord for his plan for us in our marriage and for his plan for our lives and to these roles that he has for us. And it isn't always a cakewalk for us. And we you know, freely admit that we have a long way to go. But the reality is we experience grace and peace in abundance in this first and most important human relationship that we have. And and we did not find grace and peace when we were trying to do marriage our own way with our own best efforts with what we thought it should be. And as we've said yes to the Lord and to His plan for our marriage, we've experienced grace and peace. And we want that grace and peace for you too. So can I pray for you, please? Let's bow our head and close our eyes together. Heavenly Father, um, 
thank you for the gift of marriage. I'm asking you today that we'd all be okay if our lives are out of step with the culture as long as they're in step with you. That we'd be willing to say yes to you whether we're married or not. That you would continue to minister your grace and your peace to us. That you would help each wife to know what it looks like to bring all her strength and beauty and passions and desires and gifts under the leadership of her husband. And you would help husbands be considerate and honoring of their wives. And may people see the marriages you're giving us and want what we have. And as that that happens, um, we'll tell them about you. So thank you, Jesus, for, for grace and peace being ours in abundance for making this possible for us. We pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, so let me wrap up this time by giving you some questions to reflect on and think about. First is, how did you feel when you heard that this was going to be a sermon about marriage? And how do you feel now that you've heard it? Second, what are some ways that you've heard that in this message that are out of step with our culture? And then what do you think about those differences? Third, what do you think about this message's definition of submission? And what would you add or take away? And what would you want to clarify? Fourth, does it make sense to you that a husband being considerate of his wife is deeper than being thoughtful of her? Were there any questions from the list of questions in the message that struck you as especially important or meaningful? And then last, I'd encourage you to reread 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1-7. through And as you do that, what things that were not discussed in the message strike you as important? So I hope these questions for reflection and discussion are helpful for you. May God bless you guys. Have a great weekend, and we will see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you know of any needs in our church or in our community, please reach out as we want to help. You can either contact the church office or go to the service opportunity tool on our website. And we will work with you to figure out how CCC can help. Thank you again for tuning in. We hope you have a great rest of your day. See you next time.